the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I'm privileged to call him my friend, uh, Clark County Commissioner Justin Jones. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for letting me here. Yeah, you've always been a strong advocate for workforce and economic development in our region. But before we dive into that, I, I wanted... Um, you to tell your story like i heard you ended up in las vegas through a love story and i always you know who doesn't love uh, a love story but so tell us where you were born where you went to school college colleges where presumably the love story started and then law school and eventually how love brought you to las vegas where you're now building your career and your family yeah for sure so i uh, b- i was born in southern california and uh, my, f- my my dad was a uh, was a professor and we kind of moved around as his jobs uh, moved around around the country and lived in North Carolina and Boston, uh, but mostly in California and Utah. And so I went to college at uh, BYU, and that is actually where the love story happened. Um, I had uh, served a, a mission for the LDS Church, and I came back sort of middle of the year. And uh, when I got back, uh, my roommate had introduced me to this hot girl named Megan and uh, Megan was from Las Vegas, and uh, we started dating. And um, she was supposed to go to study abroad in Vienna wow. for the next year, and I was uh, signed up to go to DC for for a semester. And so we were trying to figure things out. And I uh, I proposed and moved down here to Las Vegas for the summer and work construction on the Strip. Uh, and that was a, a challenge. I learned that I don't, definitely don't ever want to do construction work. Uh, we got married, and the next day we we packed up our our car and uh, moved to Washington D.C. for a semester. My wife was able to uh, quickly find an internship with Senator Harry Reid, um, and so she had uh, she worked off off and on with uh, Senator Reid for for twenty years. Um, and so we went back to D.C. after graduating from college, and I went to George Washington uh, Law School, and that was a great experience. I uh, really enjoyed being in D.C. Uh, but our heart was in the West. And so we moved back here to to Las Vegas. I clerked for a federal judge and then uh, practiced law for for 20 years. Wow. What an amazing story. See, I've known you for a while, but I learned a lot there. So I got a a, a few quick follow-up questions. Uh, when I hear BYU, I used to think only Provo, but then since my daughter played basketball, I know BYU has other campuses, Hawaii, Idaho. So was it Provo? I did go to Provo, okay. but my dad actually taught at BYU Hawaii for okay. four years while I was in college. Okay. So yeah. love story started in Provo. And my second follow-up was when you both went back to D.C. in the internship, one of the coolest memories I have of Senator Reid was uh, he, when he was the majority leader, uh, he took me through a, I don't know if to call it a secret pathway from his office to the chamber. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. That, okay. was, that, was, a, that's, that was the thing, one of the things that I, I think got lost uh, after um, the times that we were there with 9-11, et cetera, uh, all the little secret passageways and and being on the actual little railway trains with yeah. members of Congress. And when you're a political nerd like uh, my <laughs> wife and I were, we were like, oh, my gosh, that's Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's... You know, these these legends uh, of, of politics. In, That's so in cool. A final follow-up question on that story. So when you were working construction on the Strip, where was it? <laughs> so I actually worked uh, at Circus Circus. So you, you can't, it's hard to believe it now, but 25 years ago, they built the second tower, yeah. right? 
Um, so they were doing renovations on, on the original tower. And so I was there ripping out shower stalls and, and ripping out tile and all that type of stuff. Wow. So it was, you had the big tools. With the- it was, yeah, it was a, a lot of sawzall yeah. and, and that type of thing, but that it was hot. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, there, there's another thing that ties us because as you know, I spent 20 years on the strip in facilities. A lot of it was, yeah, new construction, but also demolition and renovation was a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the law practice because you've practiced here for years. And when one researches you, because that's what we try to do is find those tid- tidbits we didn't know about Justin Jones. But we, it's evident that you've always been involved in the community throughout your your time practicing law. And one of the things that I remember from the first day I met you is you're passionate about this work. You really care. It shows in, in your follow through. Every time you've told me something, it's been the case. And so now in 2012, you were elected to the Nevada Senate. And that's probably where you met uh, friends of Workforce Connections like Irene Bustamante yep. Adams, Olivia Diaz. And, yep. you know, uh, but then in 2018 to the Clark County Commission representing District F. Uh, re-elected recently in 2022 and now voted vice chairman by your peers of the commission. So tell us two things. What work are you most proud of so far in the commission, but also what are your hopes to accomplish in the next few years? Absolutely. Uh, as you, as we all know, the pandemic was really tough. We were all working on our priorities at the, uh, on the county commission and, and throughout all the, all the bodies. And we sort of had to just stop in our tracks and pivot and focus on, on health and and housing for folks, and so one of the things that uh, that I'm most proud of is our work on providing affordable housing. We really learned how hard people had it during the pandemic. We worked on the eviction moratorium to make sure people were getting kicked out of their homes, and then obviously rents have gone up so substantially, and it's really difficult for people. And so we've really been working hard on making sure that we uh, create additional affordable housing for folks. We uh, used our federal ARPA dollars and devoted 140 million of that uh, to provide more affordable housing and have funded 30 plus projects. Um, and so we're really excited as those projects are, are coming out of the ground that we'll be able to provide more affordable housing for, for folks. So that's something that, that's really excited. In terms of going forward, I my, my big thing right now is behavioral health. I've uh, myself had issues with, um, with depression and uh, it's something that's, that I'm passionate about. Uh, as we see in our community, particularly post-pandemic, uh, it seems like it touches everyone, every family, every school. Uh, and so I have been partnering with uh, Brian Knudsen from the city of uh, Las Vegas um, and some fantastic folks at the Department of Health and Human Services and really uh, looking at building out additional access to uh, mental health and, and substance abuse disorder uh, treatment facilities here. Justin, uh, uh, and that is such a, an issue today. You and I uh, have friends, colleagues have been touched by, you know, mental health and and the worst of it when, you know, people are so overcome by it, but that, you know, they, they make the, the most uh, uh, consequential of choices. And so, yes, what a what an important issue for us to to work on, because not only is it, uh, again, something that is affecting the workforce, but as you said, far beyond that families uh, as a whole. And so, uh, again, as I said in the beginning, you've been, your passion has always made you a 
huge supporter of aligning workforce to economic development in our region. You and I both sit on the LVGA 50, which is, you know, who sells our region is out there trying to bring those companies that would add value. Now, as you know, we're being more strategic about how we go find because we have issues here in Clark County. We have water issues, land issues, labor issues, healthcare issues. And so we have to be, I think, smart about the companies we want to bring to our economy. You also know you were a huge supporter of our early, early efforts with the libraries. Uh, unlike uh, any region in the country, we've really scaled our presence of our American job centers that Workforce Connections oversees. It started with libraries, uh, one of them in your district, and uh, and then it went to uh, also colleges. It went to, um, now we're at the uh, Whitney Recreation Center, another Clark County facility, uh, and then really the, the Vegas Chamber. First uh, local board in the nation to have an American Job Center and a Chamber of Commerce. And now, hopefully in a few weeks, uh, we're going to invite you. We'll be also, again, the first local board in the nation or region in the nation to open an American Job Center in a business itself, which is the whole point of this system, to connect employers to our workforce. But nobody until Southern Nevada, until us, uh, has been able to open one in a business. And so hopefully you'll be there with us. But tell us... Um, Considering all this, why do you think it's important to really, and why are you passionate about aligning workforce to economic development? Well, I think they are they are absolutely go hand in hand, uh, and and you've seen it with some of the projects that have come into town, like Cost Automation, for example, and their partnership with CSN to really build out uh, the um, engineering and manufacturing workforce in order to accomplish those goals. And when you talk about any of the types of projects that we're looking at bringing in town, whether it be F1 or whether it be uh, an exciting manufacturing uh, uh, project like uh, like many of those that are going up in, in Apex in North Las Vegas, uh, we have to have the workforce in, in order to make those happen. And even for all of the, the things that we do here in town, if we move businesses here, they have to have access to, to healthcare services. They have to have access to good education. And we already know that we have uh, severe workforce shortages when it comes to education and, and health care. Uh, so we have to make sure that we're integrating those concerns into everything that we do. And like you're talking about, integrating it into our library system, into our local governments, into our companies themselves. And Justin, another thing that, that uh, you supported last year for us in 2022 was we launched seven industry sector partnerships mm -hmm. where we convened employers, uh, small, medium, and large from across those seven target sectors that the LVGA sets for us. And we were able to convene them to really understand their needs and extract opportunities for collective action. Because since we can't, we don't have the capacity to solve every employer's problem, we wanted to find common problems and really get at it. And part of it was, again, really making sure that their voice was what structured and and influenced most meaningfully the talent pipeline and when i say talent pipeline as you know we've been talking about it doesn't start when young people graduate at 18 it starts deep in through high school middle school and elementary school and so why do you think it's important for businesses to have a voice and actually uh, lead when it comes to what the talent pipeline should look like well, I think businesses need to articulate what it is that they, they need at the end of the day. And if they can do that within our higher ed system or K-12 system, then we, we can really grow uh, the pipeline for the, the workers of the future. We all know that there are some of the jobs that we're looking at right now that are going to be replaced by AI, right? So we got to be prepared right now uh, for the jobs of the future 
uh, making sure that we have access to those. And a lot of those are going to be in the sectors that we're talking about education, uh, healthcare. It's, it's really hard to just replace a teacher in a classroom um, with, with a robot. Um, it's hard to replace a nurse with a robot. Yes. So we're going to need a lot of those types of positions here and we got to grow them from, from the ground floor. I know you've probably played, played with it already too, chat GPT, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I rewind 20 years. And if you would have told me, Jaime, one day you're going to put your young daughter in a, in a car with a stranger, you know, you know, ride share, um, it seemed impossible. And if you would have told probably people a hundred years ago, you're going to get into this, you know, metal hunk of thing that's going to fly in the air. Sometimes it's difficult to see technology, but as you said, man, I, I, it's a, uh, it's a little mind boggling to think what could happen 20 years from now. When I play with chat GPT, I almost feel like my job is going to be replaced one day. Cause it is. Well, I just... assume that your, your <laughs> questions here today were uh, generated there, by chat GPT. I, you know, we did a lot of research <laughs> during our research with you. We found out that you serve obviously on multiple, you know, commissions and boards, not just the Clark County commission, the regional transportation commission, the Springs Preserves board of trustees, the Southern Nevada water authority, uh, with me on the Las Vegas, Vegas Global Economic Alliance. That's a broad uh, scope of work, but I imagine it, it's uh, helpful. How does it help you to be involved in all those multiple facets of our community? How does that help you be a better commissioner? Well, it definitely makes every day interesting, right? I mean, I can go from talking about uh, our water crisis that we have here on one day um, to being out of school, uh, as I was this morning, talking about education and uh, the opportunities that we have there to to make sure that we have social services for for our families. Uh, so it it really is something new every minute of every single day, uh, and it and it really is beneficial to be able to to get out there and and share what I know, but also really to learn from the fantastic folks that we have in all of these organizations that you mentioned. And I really love being on the LVGA board. Um, it's a big board, as you yeah. know, uh, 50 people is, yeah. can be unwieldy at times, but uh, you just know that the collective knowledge in that room is just tremendous and being able to, to work from uh, higher ed, folks in higher ed, folks that are in local government and, and really so many people who are out in uh, the business community. Yep. Tina, quickly, you just got a shout out there for Commissioner Jones. So, uh, also during our research, uh, we found out a little bit more on the personal side of Justin Jones that in your spare time, you enjoy running, cycling, hiking in Red Rock Canyon, and traveling to new and exotic places. So, talk us through that perfect day for you in Red Rock Canyon, and then describe the most exotic place you visited so far. Well, I got to tell you, we've had some perfect days in Red Rock the last few weeks. Uh, I got out a week before last, for example. Um, I was training for this race that's coming up. We've got the Tour de France coming in wow. uh, in in May. So I was out there and I did 50 miles on my on my bike and I just felt great. It was just one of those perfect days that we have uh, this time of year. Um, and it just was was amazing. You were it's doing that loop up there, right? Mm -hmm. that, wow. Yeah, the views are amazing. Um, the, the flat, the wildflowers were out and it was just one of those perfect days. Most exotic place that I've ever been. Well, I've had the amazing opportunity, uh, to go to Peru and my wife and I got to got to go to Machu Picchu and, uh, hike up all the way to the top. And that was just really a magical, uh, a magical experience to be in Machu Picchu. You know, it's so interesting to hear somebody else say it because, um, you know, you know, I'm Peruvian. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I say it, it sounds so biased to say, you must go to Machu Picchu, it's a magical experience. 
But I'm so glad to hear you say it because those who are listening or viewing us, uh, I always say if you haven't put it on your list, it's just a very special place. Uh, and I'm glad that you experienced that. When, did you... Um, Two questions, I guess. Do you, did you like the food? And if you did, uh, have we gone to the Peruvian restaurant yet here in, in Las Vegas? We haven't. Do they have cooey? Yeah. Well, no cooey. No cooey? No okay. cooey, which I wish they did. But uh, did you try it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I'd basically try anything anywhere I go. That's and so uh, cool. no, Peru was amazing. Uh, my wife and I were able to go with our friends to Vietnam, Cambodia, and uh, Thailand. That was just amazing. Be there. Uh, and some of these just historic places. Yeah, have have the kids joined you in some of these? Many of them. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't go to Peru with us, but I'm sure they will at some point in the future. Did you and the trip to Machu Picchu? Mm -hmm. Did you ride the train or do the? I did okay. the train was just? I mean, you're you're uh, you're going through just the most amazing places from Cusco to to Machu Picchu and and um, just enjoying the scenery there. And you wonder how and through those valleys they made it without a train, right? They exactly. To, <laughs> you wonder about. But I've always wanted to do the. The, the four day or the seven day hike that takes you all the way up yeah. there didn't didn't do that last time but so it's, it's a if you uh if you ever want to talk about it more i did it when i was in my 20s i don't know if i could do it now but bart patterson our friend oh yeah, yeah. president right. of Aztec state college bar if you're watching mm -hmm. let's go to lunch with justin and talk about yeah. it but he did the the three night four day trek mm -hmm. which is unbelievable because as you said what you see in the train is good enough. If you do that in a lifetime, it's amazing. It's a three, four hour train ride through the most beautiful part of Peru. But these other folks, uh, you know, they have, I know the word's not Sherpa, but they have a crew of Sherpas right. that move a camp every day and uh, and give you three square meals for three days as you ascend into Machu Picchu. And Bart, um, you know, and him talked about it. Again, for me, it's a 30, 40 year memory but it is again amazing to to camp among wildlife and mm -hmm. to hear mountain lions and birds of all types around you during the night as they watch over you in a, in a fire and all that. But it's a it culminates, and you remember this. You remember walking into Machu Picchu and for the first time mm -hmm. laying your eyes on that magnificent site that withstands torrential rains every year and makes you wonder how. And then of course you learn about the engineering and the layers. But um, that other trip culminates on the other side, uh, Huayna Picchu, and, and it's again, yeah. it's breathtaking because they get you there before sun up, and it's complete darkness, and you kind of sit on a cliff and your feet feel like it's hanging, <laughs> and then as the sun comes up, it reveals that site, and it's yeah. one of the most unbelievable things. So Got Hey, we'll that. do it together. Yeah, for sure. Because they get in shape. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Justin, you've accomplished a lot in your life, uh, personally, and now in the public life as well, you've, you have a growing family, but you still have so much ahead of you still. What advice would you give young people who one day want to be a community leader like you? Well, I mean, I, I sort of fell into this uh, to a certain extent. Never really thought, even though I was interested in politics, never really thought I would run uh, at, at any point. Um, but I would just say, keep involved in your community. That was definitely what... Uh, led me to this path was being involved in Legal Aid Society, providing uh, pro bono service for legal aid. Uh, it was United Way. I was uh, able to serve on their board 
and just volunteering at, at different organizations that really gives you that direct connection with the people who need your help the most. And if you decide that you're going to uh, go into public office, then you'll, you'll have those uh, relationships that are so critical when you get into office. Great advice. Well, uh, thank you, Justin, for not only being here with us today, but again, being such a strong supporter for us through, through the years. Uh, we're looking forward to working with you and this next term on growing the partnership through the Las Vegas Clark County Library, our presence in Clark County facilities, and still that that location you and I know about, who we have, uh, you know, we've walked together. We got to do something yep. there in your district and that library. So, uh, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you, Jaime. You've done amazing things with Workforce Connections. Thank you, Justin. Well, that's it for another episode of the WC Podcast. We hope to see you in the next one. Until then, stay safe.